Hi everybody, and welcome back to the Big Apple. This is Zillennial Cannon. No, uh, I, I was going to say the North Pole. Uh, I was literally we're... going to say the North Pole or the Big Apple, and I couldn't decide, so the North Apple. Yeah, yeah real Sophie's choice. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, it's it's a, a Zillennial Christmas, and by a Zillennial Christmas, I mean just two movies, not a whole month. We're just doing two movies. We're not... Yeah. We're not going all out this month. We like, yeah, like we don't feel like it. But if you guys, if you guys really want to know why, listen to last week's episode when I forgot to watch fucking Chicken Run and we had to use the first week of December to cover Chicken Run. <laughs> yeah, because um, my stupid ass was like, oh, that would be a great Thanksgiving movie. I'm like, wait, no, they're not turkeys, they're chickens. Um, but. So then it worked out that it was in December. You were so close. Uh, I was so close. I was really, that's just, that's the epitome of my mindset on this pod. Uh, but I'm glad that our guest has spoken up because he's actually the reason why we're here. He's the reason why, I because honestly, if we didn't talk about it recently, we would not be covering this movie this week. Uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Oh, I'd love to. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm Drew from uh, the We Bought a Mic pod um i th- I want to say this is my third time on right i was, I was um yeah I, and then agent cody banks right yeah i was trying to remember what the second one was but yeah this is the, the third. real murderer's row yeah you're almost in the five timers club of z cannon <laughs> do i get it like a jacket um we'll have like to get you Martin? like a we'll get you like a really shitty like red bubble shirt or something yeah but we... no i mean because uh, we were talking about it recently uh and you know, you brought it up the the fact that you were surprised that we hadn't covered this movie, and you're completely right. Like it, it's really astounding to me, and we talk about this often, Kira. That there's a ton of movies that we were kind of surprised we never covered, but it's also not surprising because in the earlier years of the pod, we really strove towards like more niche kind of titles. I mean, there's no coincidence that RV is our first episode of all time like literally that is kind started, of the vibe we started yeah. this podcast just because we felt like watching rv both at the same time <laughs> and we're like you know what this has to be a podcast like it can't just be an rv rewatch it has to be a podcast and here we are four years later that's a good way to justify any type of uh, <laughs> awful behavior <laughs> well like you say awful i think yeah fun. we would be like facetiming or whatever like all the time and mm-hmm. we just be like, why don't we have a podcast? Why don't we have a podcast? And then, yeah, like, I... it, it, yeah, we just ended up, like, really late one night, just, like, making a spreadsheet, just being like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, like, add this movie, add this movie. And it was, like, 400 movies long. Yeah. Of and just, it's like, still going. vibe. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, then we just felt like watching <laughs> RV. And we're like, let's just record our convo about that. It, yeah. it took it took we bought a mic like five years to get to RV status. <laughs> yeah, we were, that we were finally ready, you know. That's the dichotomy of the two pods. I think it's you know it took you guys five years. That's where that was our starting point. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, so I I, I like that with the last two movies that you had picked out because Lizzie McGuire, I mean, very respectable pick, but Agent Cody Banks, we we poked some holes in. <laughs> to say the least, we we discovered it may not be the masterpiece uh, I think we both thought it was at a certain point. But Elf, um, 
you know, when in the short time that we talked about it last week, it seemed like you had like a lot to say about this movie. So I'm just kind of curious, like, what are your like memories with it, and why did you kind of like bring it to the sleepover? Or like, why why is this your uh, pick? Well, I want to say when we, I think we were talking about this right after our our friend Ernest's wedding. Um, mm-hmm. We were we were just sitting outside, and we you know we'd been drinking maybe a little, and I was yeah, <laughs> you gotta bring me on the fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I think I was just going over a list, and I was like. I don't know. Elf is a very interesting movie to me because it is uh, like culturally very significant, like mm-hmm. in a way that most movies from the early to mid 2000s, uh, you know, a lot of them don't end up holding up this way. But like even even in certain ways that you wouldn't think like aesthetically, it, it sort of holds up. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it has it has a cool look and feel to it. And I think you know as far as especially as far as holiday movies go like i can't name a more important one in the last like 20 plus years yeah i mean that's an interesting point about like especially like the aesthetic standpoint because i think a lot of movies like i cannot think of a year genuinely where if i see the year on like a cable listing that i want to skip more than 2003 because most 2003 movies just like repulse me visually <laughs> but there is something about this movie that is very like i mean it's, it's a christmas movie so it's deliberately like cozy looking and feeling but there is something about it that it does kind of like stand the test of time and it it is interesting because i think the sentiment is often that a lot of the classic Christmas movies are from like pre 2000s. And this really, like, you're right, it is kind of the only one, maybe not the only one, but I would say, at least in my opinion, like it's up there with like a Christmas vacation or like a Home Alone. I'm not a big Christmas story guy, but you know, I can't deny that it's, you know, up there. Um, and it definitely like is in the zeitgeist. Like, this is one that you like, um, like, for example, I was going to Target recently, we were doing like ornament shopping a ton of buddy the elf stuff like still all over the store yeah. like or yeah it's it's like kind of incredible to me the staying power yeah he, like he's all over sweaters it, it's you know it's a very quotable movie there's so many quotes it's almost when i imagine someone quoting this movie though i imagine very millennial i imagine yes. like a like mm. a 30 year old you know what i mean really excited going yeah like, yeah too. so i actually wrote a note about that I feel like I put this in the same kind of, like, I wrote, like, Facebook-ass movie, because it's, like, (laughs) a movie that, like, you're gonna see, like, pictures, like, screen caps and stuff on Facebook shared by, like, somebody that you went to high school with, like, five years, Mm -hmm. ten years after you graduated high school. Um, (laughs) I feel like it's the same thing with, like, Mean Girls, Hocus Pocus, where out of nowhere like five years ago it just became like extremely merchandised and like it's on like everything and my theory is so there's like a fair like a um convention type thing for like corporations where it's specifically for ip And it's, like, people will go with, like, the most random, like, IP that they own and, like, they'll, like, sell it out to, like, clothing brands, makeup brands, things like that. I fully have a theory that, like, one year, like, Elf was there and was just, like, 
giving out their IP to like every single company. And then like I'm pretty sure like Mean Girls and like Hocus Pocus did the same thing because there's no explanation for why out of nowhere and like I fully believe it's like a great movie like it is worthy of its like status like up there but I think the amount of like merchandising and things like it's not like off-brand like it's like officially like licensed like I think that's definitely like that that uh they brainwashed us all into thinking about it constantly all the time yeah and I also think like maybe also, like, a big reason why this movie, I think, is, like, consistently in the zeitgeist, something we very often talk about in the pod is, like, syndication, mm-hmm. which is, like, this is a TBS-ass movie. Like, this is, like, it's 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 always on TBS during the holiday season. Uh, definitely ABC Family. Um, probably FX at a certain point. Like, it's it's been on all, all the channels. All the channels have gotten it at a certain point. Um, I feel like, also... 2003 is a really sweet spot for like replay value nowadays because it came out like right before the like mid 2000s like IP rush so like it had like a long kind of staying power just to kind of like live on shelves it definitely lived in the blockbuster era but then it kind of like surged again in the streaming era and like you know all that good stuff so it's it's really interesting how it it just keeps coming in waves because also like now that we're in that era where we're they're really mining for like nostalgia for people now it's it's not only just like a recent classic but now this movie is actually as of uh this year i believe 20 years old uh, anniversary. yeah crazy to think about um so like it's it's becoming more it is like actually a classic now by you know in a literal sense yeah so that's kind of and i think we're days away at this i mean i don't i don't know if it'll ever happen but I would not be surprised if we w- woke up one day and like there is like an Elf two like legacy sequel like announced. Ugh. Like I think we're getting closer to that each day. Like Will Ferrell says he won't do it, but he also said he would like never do Zoolander two, and then that happened. So like, um, and, like fucking James Con's son with the big forehead is gonna be in it. Yeah, I, <laughs> God. I don't want oh. that. I hope he's still like wearing like an oversized like jacket and like and like that like beanie that has the brim. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beanie beanie with the brim. Yeah. Um... Uh, (laughs) I think another reason for the staying power is because that you know that's ultimately the goal of any Christmas movie is like they're banking on like this is going to come up every year. But yeah, this came out in a, a wasteland of Christmas movies. Like yeah, like I'm I'm you know I'm I'm sure I'm missing some, but like. In the 90s, you know, you had Nightmare Before Christmas and like Home Alone, um, Home Alone 2 even, and the, the Santa Claus, like mm-hmm. those all did well, like on the spot and like had a lot of staying power. And then 2000, the only other movies that I remember coming out around this one, like Christmas wise, are uh, the next year there was Christmas with the Cranks, which mm-hmm. has done that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big oh, time. really? yeah yeah i so that's like my family's like designated christmas movie for some fucking reason we watch that every year and it's none of us really think it's that good no but there is like an abc family like both like aesthetically and just like vibe wise like it's very like i was i remember telling this to kira on the pod because you hated that movie right kira Mm -hmm. of course like i it's pretty bad it's pretty bad but like i also 
like having it on in the background at some point during the year. And I cannot tell you why. I think it's a very demented movie, but I like mm-hmm. do kind of enjoy it for that reason. Like it's hard to explain. You either grew up with it or you didn't. I don't know what to say. But I, I, I get like, what you mean. We came yeah. to the conclusion that it was about the woke mob, I think. Yeah, it is. Well, it is. That's why. Yeah, That's yeah. why we came to that conclusion. Drew, I mean, Drew, have they're you literally seen, getting canceled. Um, have you seen Deck the Halls, Drew? That was literally the other one I was about to bring up. <laughs> as like I I would say a worse movie. Oh, a hundred percent. That movie I, was I remember as a kid thinking it was fucking horrific. Yeah. Do we do we agree, Kira, that that's the worst movie we've covered on the pod? <laughs> um because um, that might be my least favorite personally. Like I really hated that movie. And that was one of the rare ones that I this that was the first time watch for me on the pod. Uh because I for, somehow never saw it as a kid. Yeah, that was like a childhood one that I like fixated on and watched every year, even though I knew it was bad. It's so bad. I hate that movie. That was like yeah. that's like one of the worst things Kira's ever done to me on the pod. That was bad. It's so um, it's so soulless. Like mm-hmm. it's like evil. Actually, yeah, like, like, it's the, actually like a mean movie. The scene that always sticks out is the one where he's where he's watching his daughter like do like a mm-hmm. tease basically, and he's like, "Oh yeah," and then he's like, "Wait a minute, mm-hmm. yeah." Ew, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's really bad. I don't know. I I hate that movie. I I I, I still contend worst yeah. one we've ever covered. Also, on the pod. Really, if you look look up like the DVD cover of that movie, the height difference between Broderick and Devito on that cover is not accurate. <laughs> and the thing is, they never really play into that in the movie. Like, it's never really like a talking point, which you would think that's oh. kind of like why you do it. Yeah, they just made Broderick uh, like six four. <laughs> yeah, for no fucking reason. Um. This is like an interesting one because with like with Elf, um, I was thinking back to because I actually couldn't remember if I saw this in theaters back when because I was I think six when this came out. Yeah, okay. I mean, because it came out around Christmas time, so I guess I would have been six. So that's like in that weird area where like you assume you saw this like in a theater, but you're like, well, wait, was I too actually like young to see this in a theater? So actually, like asked my mom today. I'm like, did I? And she's like, yeah, we saw it like opening weekend because like the marketing for it was like crazy. <laughs> like and um, and I do kind of remember and I was like looking back at the schedule. It came out around the same time as Cat in the Hat. Oh, my God. Um, Looney Tunes back in action and Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion all came out in the same month as this. Have you, have you heard all of those? Um, yes. Right. Wait, wow. We've done Haunted Mansion. We've yeah. done looney tunes and we've done cat in the hat twice uh, oh we've done kind of that twice yeah right so yeah we've definitely covered all this <laughs> damn and so, you did it for our podcast adam i that is to date the movie i've covered the most on any podcast i, I um, personally think we should revisit cat in the hat that's just me though <laughs> yeah i uh it was really well wait i've covered it twice on the pod right because uh on your pod true because i we did the initial oh my episode God. and then gaia won and the Oscar pulled that one year and made us do the commentary for it. What the fuck? Yeah, so I've covered it twice. I've actually covered it four times on the podcast medium for some fucking reason. That's it's so old. that's that's tough. It's like, oh, like <laughs> watchables, they have heat. You have cat and hat. <laughs> Let's make it a I'm just never running out of things. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's I mean, like, the last episode. As as our listeners know, I have like I, I don't remember anything. Once I say something, it's just gone out of my memory. Um, so mm-hmm. like I could rewatch Cat in the Hat tomorrow 
and just record the same episode over and nobody would know. <laughs> like I like I would have no idea. Yeah. So I think we should go for that. We should do it. That should be the final episode, maybe. Um <laughs> but, but well, I, was, the, I was the second time we covered it, it was just like mm. a therapy episode for me. Yeah, that was I a kinda that was a... yeah, I wanna go back and a... listen to it. I, I yeah, don't like, I... the movie might not change, but you do. Yeah, ex- exactly the point. Literally yeah. exactly the point. I think that was the point of the last pod. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, look how far you've come, Kira. Because um, the first time we recorded it was before I like developed a crush on Mike Myers. Wow. So then the second time we recorded it, I was just like fighting for my life. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was just making her feel like terrible about it. And maybe the next time we can, because I was on the other end of it the first time. So I was like, this movie is actually pretty good. So then the next time you cover it, Adam, you're gonna be hornier for Mike. I I don't know who I'm gonna be horny for on the the movie, but we gotta we gotta I gotta I gotta find somebody. Maybe Alec not Baldwin. Mike. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> like I maybe the fish. I don't know. Who knows? Facts. Your options kind of run out there. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, Mrs. But, Kwan. Listen, I. <laughs> I that's not someone I'm horny for. That's someone I long for. You know what I mean? Like that's someone mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I I want to like treat right, and I want to like have a connection with. Um, but <laughs> so stupid. Um, so I keep trying to like somehow tie this back into Elf. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I do remember though, like when this came out. Even like at the time, it was pretty big. Like I remember like. It, it was immediately like the commercials were like on every channel like that year it was on Nickelodeon it was like when you were watching the news with your parents or whatever like it was on like the adult channels <laughs> like so I just remember like it was like one of those movies where it kind of felt like it was hitting all the bases marketing wise yeah and, and that and- also kind of makes sense in terms of a rollout because it mm-hmm. does kind of play for a wide age range Mm-hmm. And a lot of movies try to market themselves that way, and then they completely don't hit for either older or younger people. Yep. <laughs> but this, this yeah. one kind of does. Yeah, that's something we talk about in the pod, like, pretty frequently, is, like, we remember, like, if we remember, like, a Nickelodeon ad campaign for mm-hmm. it, and, um, like, the biggest example of that, I think, is, like, all the Transformers movies, because, like, they had put all the, like, two or three like Nickelodeon jokes in the trailer and then they would you go see the movie and it'd be like the most absurd vile shit you've ever yeah, seen yeah just like life. the horniest <laughs> most disgusting thing you've ever seen in your life <laughs> um but I feel like Dick the Halls was probably advertised on Nickelodeon a lot back oh, in the day too um yeah absolutely that's criminal yeah yeah the, it actually is like I, I I I think I said this on the Dick the Halls pod but I was like, um, if if I took a kid to see that movie, I'd be like mad. I would be like actually mad at the studio. Like I, I might be that one guy you see in a headline that like sued the studio over misadvertising. <laughs> um, it's, like, that's I, funny you say that because my my grandma uh, took me and my sister as kids to see Cat in the Hat, and she was very mad. Yeah, like, yeah. Borderline wanted to ask for a refund. Yeah, even though that wouldn't really punish the right people. Bad. I, I I think I said it uh when the last time we did Canada had on the pod, but um, or maybe I said it on the commentary track. I don't I don't at some uh, one of the four fucking pods I did for Canada had. I told this story, 
but I have like an estranged uncle that like he just doesn't talk to my family anymore. He just kind of like fucked off. <laughs> um, and I, in the last memory I have of like spending time with him was when he took me to see the cat in the hat. And I'm not saying I blame that movie on his departure of the family, but he, it, it also may not, not be the reason why it happened because he was very it, mad. It, it could definitely just be a symptom of a much larger problem with him. I think it definitely incited something. It broke something. Yeah, it, like it, it was the inciting incident, I think. Um, but <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I do think like after 2003, like going off like Curious said earlier, I do think like every subsequent like Christmas after this, there was never like an elf-free Christmas after 2003. Like, I think it was immediately in the zeitgeist. And it does go to, you know, what you said, Drew, about like how it does actually play for both audiences. Yeah, like you can you can put it on TNT even though it's a kid-friendly movie. Yeah, 100%. And it's like a movie that, and I feel like sometimes those movies suffer because if they try to play for like both lanes, like even if they're like not necessarily bad movies, they can kind of be unremarkable. If because it's like the kind of classic saying, like if you try to please everybody, you're gonna please nobody. Mm-hmm. And I think this is actually like one of the rare movies where it just like coasts on being genuinely funny and genuinely charming, and it doesn't feel try hard at all. Mm-hmm. Like in which is kind of miraculous to me how every time I watch this movie, I'm kind of just genuinely blown away by like how simple it is like it's very short sweet simple movie yeah it's it's a it's a good vibe i think a lot of like the an underrated amount of like the coolness of the movie comes from newhart uh narrating Mm -hmm. because he's so like i don't know he's very understated in a way that you could almost call him like checked out but it 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 kind of helps because then like will ferrell comes in he's doing so much you know that like you know, to have this like very calm old man telling yeah. you what's going on is is lovely. Yeah, it's like, I, I mean, honestly, the casting in this movie, like all around, I think is like quite good. I mean, you can't really go wrong with James Con, like ever. Yeah, but he, yeah, he definitely eats this up. Like he's he's great as the grumpy old like estranged father. Like he he nails that. Yeah, I was um, just like, like going I think... through. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was like going through his filmography and I was like, I think he has like the craziest filmography out of any oh, yeah. actor. Like, literally, like so many movies and like the most random assortment. Like, I saw yeah. That's My Boy for the first time like a few weeks ago <laughs> and he's insane in it for like, yeah, no did, did May, December inspire you to watch that? No, it did not. <laughs> I saw it a few weeks before May December, and then Sean logged on to Letterbox and said, "Why does Adam's review of May December say that it's like that's my boy?" Because it is. It's literally mm. <laughs> it's very similar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, listen, I don't, I don't, I just call it as I see it. All right, um, mm. but now James Con, like, yeah, when he passed, I like looked at his IMDb and I kind of went down like a rabbit hole because he's truly like all over the place as far as that goes and the thing is like when those kind of like i mean i don't want to call him prestige 
like necessarily, but like when actors of his caliber kind of like teeter into like more family oriented territory, it can be kind of disastrous sometimes. I think it can often feel a bit awkward, but I think he like is really great in this movie for um and pretty, you know, not a decent amount of screen time, but like nothing substantial really like i mean if you really because i pay attention to the runtime of this movie every time i watch it because the use of like time in this it's a weird compliment but it's a very short movie and the way it like utilizes screen time and the way it very efficiently gives out like character information and development it's actually like just genuinely a very impressively like crafted and edited movie yeah like it's it's and, super lean it, do, it doesn't yeah. really have a, a wasted moment in it like i couldn't point toward mm-hmm. a scene that is, is like super deletable but and yet so it's like speaking toward Khan, i think it almost is another almost what i said about Newhart, where like because he you know he's old and he you know had his publicized troubles over the years so by the time he gets to elf it's like I don't know. I don't think he has to act a ton in order to come across as a guy who like just like really doesn't fuck with this crazy. <laughs> and it, yeah. and I, I don't know. I, I think that it makes it so like Will is able to just sort of like eat up the, you know, the frame like, you know, like James is willing to to seed that space. Yeah. Uh, so it ends up it ends up being like balanced in a weird way. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a good point, too, because. I mean, it's not like, like you said, it's not a big like stretch to think that like he's going to be fucking annoyed with this guy. But that just is also a testament to I. I would say with Will Ferrell's performance in this movie, I I do think it's like one of, at least in the conversation for like all time comedic performances because it is like really iconic. It's like endlessly quotable, and he's just like so committed in every scene. Like he never. And like, there's not a frame of this movie that he's in where it doesn't feel like he's giving a hundred percent, but it also doesn't feel like he's going like overboard with it either. He is just like fully committed to this character in the bit, but he he still finds like a little bit of like humanity in it too. It's like honestly a really kind of brilliant balancing act. Yeah, of like comedic and drama. And, yeah, I don't know. I love it. You know, he's he's playing it with like the emotional honesty of like. No, I'm not a guy who's trying to be goofy. I'm just like a child who, yeah. you know, who d- does not know what the world is. And so, yeah. and, and that also does make it all the weirder that uh, Zoe Deschanel is somehow romantically interested in him. But <laughs> I have that thought Whatever. like every time that she like accepts the date invite because I'm kind of like, like, what do you see? in him i mean i it is like i guess all men really have everything in this world i mean i i it gets away with it i think just because i think you know it is a very like because he has that quality on everyone he meets in the movie is that he just kind of inspires them to like look within themselves and be like a little kinder and a little like you know more like open to the season because everyone because like a good thing that this movie really covers is like the general cynicism towards the christmas season how everyone is just kind of like passive towards it until they meet buddy um like he's just kind of like a force of like kindness and like cheer to be reckoned with in a way that can really go south like that's a theme that i've seen in a lot of christmas movies that i think becomes like grating almost Mm -hmm. Um, but this that's something this movie does well and 
the Zoe Deschanel thing, like I I do know like what you're saying, and I do find it kind of funny every time I rewatch it. But it mostly just coasts off the fact that they're both like really good actors, and it's just genuinely like, kind of a sweet romance at the end of the day. So I like enjoy that aspect to it as well. Yeah, um, their um their date scene honestly is like one of the cutest things I've ever seen in a movie. Like, yeah, it's so good. It's so cute when she takes him to like the Rockefeller Center tree. I'm like. Also, just, yeah. like, yeah, like, as a New Yorker, I think, like, I was thinking this, I forget what I was watching the other day. Oh, have you guys seen the movie It Could Happen to You with Nick Cage? No. Mm-mm. The lotto ticket movie. It's it's pretty good, but it's very New York, and I feel like movies don't really film in New York anymore, and they just do, like, different cities for New York, and... Mm-hmm. We had this discussion when we covered Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, I know, mm-hmm. um, where there's just, like, a different, like, quality to it, and I feel like Elf just captures the city so well, just, like, all the different kinds of people and, like, the vibe and literally just how Santa's, like, there are so many places called Ray's Pizza, but you gotta go to the real one. Like, it just feels so, like, it, like, understands New York City. Um, yeah. And... I like one of the funniest lines is when he's like running across the street and he's just like the yellow ones don't stop just keep going because <laughs> he got hit yeah. by a cab yeah. like yeah, yeah. so real cabs <laughs> don't stop for you like I don't know it just like I, I sound like hey I'm walking here but like literally like I, that just like makes it like all the more like cozy to me. I'm because yeah, I'm looking at the like credits for this movie, and I I was curious when you were talking about that if John Favreau is from New York, and of course he is, um, and also writer uh, David Barenbaum, he's from Philly, uh, Which, so it's not weird, uh, weird weird career for that guy. Yeah, I was oh. just thinking that very weird career. This is first. He in the same month he wrote the Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy. So it's kind of weird that he had like two movies out in the same month. And then he did a three-year absence came out with Zoom with Tim Allen, which I would say one of the worst movies of all time. Um, We have not covered that. And that would be a great one. Powers that he can have a fat ass and (laughs) drain a pool. Um, I... I fucking hate that movie so much. That's a that's a fucking oh damn. Do you remember that movie, Kira? Like, do you like? Have oh, you seen it? I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but I remember the ass thing. Yeah. <laughs> when I should I save this for that pod? Yeah. No, I'll say it now. No, we'll cover. When it. I was we'll a okay. No, it's just it's a very small detail. It's not even about the movie. It's about like the trailer for it because mm-hmm. I never. Movie, I, it, the movie had such a crazy ad campaign. Pain. Yeah. Well, I remember. I'm pretty sure I saw the trailer for the first time on the RV DVD because <laughs> that was a relativity media ass movie. And um, I <laughs> you like that one, Kira? Yeah. It's like going on the good. drafts for the out of context. Literally. Things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just remember like the shot at the end of every trailer for it was like Spencer Breslin like jumping into the pool and then his ass like expands and like right before he does the cannonball but when i was a kid i thought that was like his nuts um (laughs) and i like as a kid i was like holy shit that's crazy um but 
I had to have like a, I think a friend or somebody explained to me like, don't do that's his butt. I'm like, ah, uh, that makes you should have you should have made it pass on that script. Yeah, <laughs> we could um, I think my, that one workshop would have uh, fixed the whole the whole movie. My concept of Zoom <laughs> when I was a kid was I was like, oh, that's evil sky high. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong, honestly. That's the fucked up thing about guy, them. Man. He's just like exploiting them the entire movie. Like it's like it's an evil movie. Did you guys see the the news recently that like Casey Wilson came out and was yes. like Tim Allen is the worst man on earth. I want to <laughs> shoot him with a gun. <laughs> yeah, she called him and I quote a huge bitch. Yeah, props to her. She talks so much shit. It's really cool. Yeah, no, I, I respect a long it. history of talking shit about people who suck. Yeah, there's some like reports sometimes where like it, when people are like this person sucks and i'm like oh no come on <laughs> they probably you probably just have them on a bad day and then mm -hmm. i read that and i'm like yeah i bet i'm sure mm -hmm. like i <laughs> um god what a what a guy tim allen yeah well it's you know he's he's sort of a christmas movie staple um he is a christmas movie staple but so, so um, speaking to like it makes me think a lot about like the, the casting of who plays elf matters so so much because it i in so many hands and even in a lot of it probably goes toward the directing and writing as well but like this should be the most annoying fucking person to watch like ever mm -hmm. like you <laughs> he should be a lot more hateable than he is when you're watching the movie you should be like okay i'm i'm i've had enough of this fucking guy um, yeah so if it's if it's jim carrey do you think we're sick of him by like the hour mark yeah i mean the thing is with jim carrey movies is that and i i actually i like i really respect jim carrey as like a comedic performer i think he's like genuinely super gifted but every like comedic performance that he does has it's like almost like a demented quality to it. That's why I think like Liar Liar is like one of the like all time like comedic performance pieces because it just lets a madman go fucking feral for ninety minutes and it's 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 insanely like pleasing. Like I love that movie, um, but I don't think he has like the same kind of like boyish quality. Yeah, I guess it would have had to be him in like 1993 or something but even so like there's just something about like will ferrell's like face and demeanor that i just don't think yeah Jim carrey has and that's not like a bad thing like i don't think you know i like i also couldn't fucking see jack nicholson doing that you know what i mean <laughs> but it's just i i think will ferrell is just like one of those rare talents where he can he can pass like innocence off without it being completely like stupid and yeah. that's honestly a kind of a gift yeah, because it's a very tricky line to walk. And I think a lot of other performers would have leaned too far into like it, him being like an idiot or him just being unbearable, like you mentioned. And he's kind of finds like a really great balance. I mean, the, I think one of the better scenes or one of the best scenes of the movie is like that scene where he's at the doctor, or the ped pediatrician with John Favreau. And, you know, he kind of explains to Walter, he's like, he's like, you know, he's just kind of, He's like he's not crazy. He's just in a childlike sense of like dependency, and he's clinging on to this, mm -hmm. and that kind of like contextualizes the whole movie from that point forward of like giving the audience like a sense of like 
and not that you necessarily need it, but in case you did, it's a perfect like you know middle ground point where it's like okay, like keep in mind this guy has a very like weird childhood, and I don't know, like the way they write him and everything, it's like it's it's perfect, honestly, and the yeah. way he plays it's perfect. It really, I think, I I I think I understood so much more about like the way that this role was written and also his performance uh because recently for the pod we covered big mm-hmm. there are like so many similarities yeah and, uh, yeah and just the way that you know the the character uh you know tom hanks's character in big versus this he's another guy who i could see like tackling this role in the 80s yeah i, I um, mean tom hanks is like one of the only people i think that could have like yeah because it's 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 like wildly similar and big like it Mm -hmm. is you know he's he's in the big city he's a child literally you Mm -hmm. know in a big person's body just trying to sort of pass um the only difference is sort of the size of the performance because you know will ferrell is is standing out He, he you know he's wearing the elf outfit and like will ferrell's like naturally a giant he's like six five or whatever Mm -hmm. um and he and he's louder but like uh, also speaking toward like the romance arc that that's it's really similar and big where it's like this really shouldn't this should be like really icky right now but it's it's coming across as charming just because these are good actors yeah yeah it, like a lot of this movie is just sold on the fact that you have like committed you know performers like putting in like actually solid work which it seems like such a low bar when you like say it out loud like that because it's like yeah like i think movies should just have talented people doing their best but when you especially when you do this podcast you see a lot of instances where people do the opposite of that you know talented people not necessarily doing their best and it is always nice when you watch something where it's like oh like the people wanted to be on set for this movie and actually like believed in the project that's kind of fucking crazy um it also yeah. like has that quality where i feel like because john favreau did this after he did uh swingers i believe it's called i saw that movie like forever ago and i thought it was like it was solid it's definitely like a first time director trying to make a cool like guy movie and i think it like works as far as that goes but this is like a one of those interesting like second features where like they get the he gets the studio money and he somehow doesn't fuck it up it's a very interesting like directing job as far as that goes because he doesn't do anything too flashy either he didn't even direct uh swingers that was oh he doesn't doug lyman did the guy uh the first born movie this is what happens when i actually trust my gut and i like just don't fact check (laughs) no i thought thought you were right too to be honest okay um Let's see. But yeah, like that was that was, you know, obviously that was him and Vince's like huge break. Um, and that was ninety-six. So this is seven years later. So yeah, what did he do between? Well, I guess um was I know after this he did Zathura, which varies lineal movie. Um <laughs> but um yeah, I mean he has a very weird career, like as a filmmaker. Uh, I know Kira has thoughts yeah i uh, used to refer to him as enemy of the pod and i almost like introduced the movie as that i don't remember why he's enemy of the pod i mean um, i think i oh wait that and also like what was the food movie that he directed Chef. Chef? i fucking hate that movie i know people love that movie but i hated that movie and i don't know if it's just because i watched it for a class but um yeah, I hated what that. What class? I took a food Chef and class. film class, which was actually kind of interesting. Oh. But 
Yeah, we had to watch the movie Chef. I like that movie, and it and it inspired me to perfect a grilled cheese recipe. So, um, <laughs> so I think it has, I think it's valid. Um, yeah, he has a very weird, like weird filmography. Like Cowboys and Aliens is just like, oh my god, like what are you doing, man? Like what are you like what are we doing here? First like, of all, okay, Cowboys and Aliens should we cover that on the pod the thing is with that movie is that it's like very like unremarkable i mean have you seen it no but i have a story about it i don't remember if i've told i feel like i feel like it would be like a rock of ages situation with you because you're like wait it has harrison ford it has daniel craig it has like like all these people and then you watch it and it's just like it's so boring i feel like like that's like any like yeah so I guess I'll, I mean, I'll tell it now. The concept is like, <laughs> yeah, go for it. So I was working at um, a film festival um, and I was stationed at a movie theater in the city. So our break room was like, like it wasn't like an office, like rather than being in the office, we were like on site. So our break room was the movie theater's break room. And I've never worked in like a movie theater or anything. So like, I don't know, like, like I know that there's like weird stuff in movie theaters like I know it's like oh we held on to this cardboard cutout forever like whatever like I know that's like a thing mm. um I went into the break room and it was probably like 2016 maybe 2017 and literally I walked into the break room and there's just the biggest cowboys and aliens like lining the wall like I want to say like 12 feet long just like mm-hmm. a poster and anytime we were on break me and my coworker would like take a picture like squatting next to it I need to see if I could find <laughs> any of them but yeah I've never <laughs> seen the movie but it, it was just like and it wasn't like there was like employees of the movie theater that I could be like hey why is this here like because <laughs> it was just like the film festival that was like in there but yeah. yeah, that's my Cowboys. Is it Cowboys versus Aliens or No, it's Cowboys and Aliens. And Aliens. But okay. that, that, it should be versus because that's cooler and yeah. they are at war with each other. So it makes no sense why it's not. Um, mm-hmm. There's also like another thing in that movie that they don't tell you in the trailers is that there's witches in it too. Are you um, fucking kidding me? Yeah, like Olivia Wilde is like a, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. And I haven't seen it since I was 13. So I may not be, but she's like a. Because, like, I like I think, like, Daniel Craig, like, I mean, I don't, I, I'm spoiling this movie. Who gives a shit? Like, I think he, like, dies halfway through and she, like, like, witchcrafts, like, like, resurrects him. It's kind of, like, a weird thing. So it kind of feels like at the end they're, like, setting up, like, a cowboys and aliens and witches movie. But it just <laughs> I found doesn't even do a good job. Good. Um, I can attest to that, having worked on a movie theater. Um, It is just, like you go to like or at least like when i worked at like an amc it we like our break room was like upstairs on top of like uh the the movie theater and um i remember like the first time because i got hired there around the time like the force awakens came out and i remember like the first time i went up there for my interview like the first thing i saw when the elevators opened was like a cardboard smurf like just pinned to the wall uh, and he had like just a fucking like a ton of like sharpie drawings all over him. And, like he looked like really depressing. Like it was really sad. I mean, you just like go down the hallway and there's just like Herbie fully loaded. Like I'm like, what the fuck? Like, oh, like yeah. just the most random ass like 
posters you would ever imagine like a simpsons movie poster um yeah my uh i remember when i like was leaving uh god it wasn't the the meg i think it was like the blake light the shallows like i remember one of them like hung up the poster in the uh break room and like when i when they were done hanging it up i was like this is gonna be here for like 10 years like, I, c- I could come back when i'm like 30 and this the shallows poster is still gonna be here um so that's that's very on point i think that's a wow I'm, I'm seeing this picture now kira <laughs> <laughs> there were like a bunch yeah. of other ones oh, yeah. too but i don't i think my coworker has them yeah you look so happy to be with the cowboys and aliens i uh, know we gotta post. We gotta post it on the pod, uh, face or the that Facebook, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and just be like, man, what? A, yeah, the pod Facebook. Do love watching like an, Cowboys and Aliens. And well, just say like uh, this week's episode out of context. Um, an instantly forgotten movie. Yeah, it's not good. I, I have like Bro. a. We, I have a trend here where, like, every movie I saw at the... This is for the Orlando natives. Every movie I saw at the Fashion Square movie theater is just, like, a huge piece of shit that, like, no one remembers. Just like Fashion uh, Square. And, exactly. Exactly. Um, and the two movies I've talked about on the pod tonight that I saw at that theater were Dougal and Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> so... Um, okay. so. I, I, I cannot believe... That you guys scooped me on Dougal tonight. <laughs> wow, we have to do some deep diving into Dougal. Or better yet, you just might have to watch it. Also, I, I actually do think that every British movie, live action or animated, should have a, a dub <laughs> in, in American English. Well, do, does like the UK even like make animated movies? Like, or I guess Ardman, I guess. But yeah, yeah, um, fucking Walls and Gromit. Yeah, from it, but it's called like Dave and Steve. <laughs> so, because like in the UK, they like those British kids can be like they can handle the dog not talking. Like they can be like, "Oi, that's a funny, <laughs> quiet dog." But then us in the UK or us in the US, like we gotta have fucking like Steve Buscemi be the dog because we can't comprehend <laughs> it. That's true. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, do you remember that? Like, uh, I. You guys probably don't know what I'm talking about, but a few years ago, like they there's this animated it went viral on Twitter, an animated movie about the Queen's court or Corgis. Mm-hmm. And Trump mm. was like a character in it. Um like he I don't know if he commented on it or anything, but yeah, he was like a character in the movie. Um, because there's a scene where he gets like out of the limo and he's like too fat to like go up the like Buckingham Palace stairs um and oh it's fucking insane and he's like constantly on his phone like tweeting it's like a, it's actually like kind of funny um so when i think of like animated british movies that's what i think of and that's just like how they view us is like exactly like that it's a um, Lionsgate movie is it my god what the fuck yeah the is that what it's called the queen's uh corgis or corgis uh, just the Queen's Corgi. Oh, okay. There's a protagonist played by Dame Julie Walters. No, wait, that's the Queen. That's who plays the Queen. Of course. I feel like wait. half of people in uh, England are either Dame or like a knight. 
Mm-hmm. If you um if you search that, I just searched uh, the Queen Corgi uh Trump and like the pictures are astonishing. <laughs> like it is like how did they get away with this shit? It is like Oh my god. Yeah, they like go off. They He's taking a selfie with one of the Buckingham Palace guards. <laughs> how are they allowed to uh, do that? Pretty incisive political commentary there. He doesn't watch movies. He's fine. He doesn't know what's going on. Um, there's a fuck. There's an Ivanka character. Yeah, what it's. The hell? <laughs> I love that you can like see his spray tan even in the animation. It's like fucking. Honestly, it's pretty funny. I kind of want to watch. That's a Fandango movie clips ass movie. Like I need to just like watch those <laughs> clips only. That's insane. You you guys should do a new podcast called the Zalpha Canon. The Zalpha Canon. Yeah, it's like the mix of Z and Alpha. So like Coco. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, literally in the Queen's Corgi. Like Baby Shark. <laughs> Queen's Corgi. Yeah. I need to meet whatever, like what one child has seen the Queen's Corgi. I can't. I can't imagine anyone has actually seen that movie. Like actually. Like, like who? Who would actually like spend? that much time with that movie the um the trump character looks like ai (laughs) like it looks like when people like try to make trump on ai that's actually true it's pretty yeah this could just be like a deep dream generated film yeah yeah for listeners if you have not googled it yet please google it like I need you guys to see what Trump looks like in this animated movie. It's insane. There's apparently <laughs> um, a scene where the dog bites his balls. So this movie is mostly just really going after Trump, like a lot. I don't want to watch it. We Wait, should cover it. Is this real? Did this actually happen? <laughs> oh yeah, my this, God. Is all, this is based uh, tightly. You know, they say loosely. This is based tightly on a true story. You should have just stopped right there. This is based. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the queen's uh, uh corgis would have really liked Elf. Um, I. Th- You're just trying so hard to pivot back. <laughs> well, listen, it's the it's one of those weird things where, where we talk about it often on the pod, where it's um hard to talk about a good movie. Mm-hmm. It is because. It's really hard to talk about something that you don't have any like really criticisms about, because uh, I actually like have no notes like negatively on this movie. I I gave it a five on Letterbox today just because if I'm being real with myself, it's I kind think of it's fair. Because in terms of like like going as broad as they go, like they did a great job. Because yeah. most movies that are are really truly made for everyone like stink. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. I mean I. Going off of like what Kira said earlier, like with the um, what was it called, Hocus Pocus? I think, yeah, like that's what you mentioned earlier. Like, and I, I kind of like enjoy Hocus Pocus, but it doesn't age great. Like, it's not like a, like I every time I rewatch that movie, it, I like it a little bit less than I did before, you know. And there are like a ton of like millennial. Uh, I'm kind of curious how Mean Girls holds up when, whenever we, whenever we cover that. I'm not announcing anything, um, but, uh. I haven't seen that movie in years, so I'm kind of curious, like on a millennial level, like it's, how that holds up. I mean, it's I've watched it a good, you know, a good amount of times over the years. 
including recently and it's it's definitely a good movie i would say that clue i think clueless is better Clueless is great yeah yeah i think i I mean clueless they're two like very different movies um my thing with mean girls is that i think it's like an incredible movie but i think like the funniest parts of it and like not to be like i'm different but like the funniest parts of it are like the ones that like people don't quote like there's so many like random parts in it that i'm like why did this part not become a meme like this is actually very funny um that i think it'll definitely hold up like i think it's a great movie yeah i, I, think I can't that's, wait that's true in so many movies that become like really quotable is because like this this is Elf is one of those movies that's hard to separate from, like, imagining annoying people quoting it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's the same for, some, like, Napoleon Dynamite, for example. It's, like, you have to divorce the thoughts of, like, your most annoying friend in, like, the fifth grade. Um, <laughs> Which is hard. And because it, it goes to the, the office territory, I feel like, too, where I feel like The Office was yeah, the biggest yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, victim of that. Because, uh, yeah. I mean... And it's especially hard for people, I feel like, I maybe can speak for all three of us if I'm just guessing, but I grew up, like, watching The Office, so it was really hard when, you know, people were attacking it, which I understand, I get it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't take away from the fact that it's, like, one of the most pivotal TV shows of all time, and exactly, it's yeah. still objectively pretty great. Yeah, like, it, it feels annoying, like, I always feel annoying when I say that, like, hey, Steve Carell really put in, like, crazy good work on that show but he did and like no, he did but i i think what you said kira i i think a lot about elf is that like a lot of like yeah a lot of the non-quoted moments are really really good and elf like i i really enjoy uh andy richter pitching children's story ideas yeah and talking about like the family of asparagus <laughs> <laughs> who are self-conscious about the smell of their pee yeah like, or when they like find the book of ideas and he's like, what's more vulnerable than a peach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, I, that's also going like back to the, uh, the uh, entire, uh, what's his name? Peter Dinklage bit in this movie, mm-hmm. which he comes in for one scene and crushes it pretty hard. Like he's, he's fucking outstanding in his like two minutes of screen time. Um, and that's such a like tricky scene to pull off too. Because it is, like, it's a very kind of, like, touchy joke. But it's one of those very classic situations where it's done through the context of uh, innocence and genuine misunderstanding. Um, I I always say that the best comedy is situational comedy. um, Because if you don't have a, a, like, valid situation to put your characters in, you cannot have, like, I think really genuine comedy spawn from that and i think that's what this movie does really well and that scene is a great you know uh you know it it kind of attests to that really well i think because that's a scene that i think could easily like just completely tank a movie and it actually is still kind of funny yeah in in retrospect it could you know it could tank it yeah uh but yeah no they're you know uh, Farrell is the only one who doesn't understand the fact that he's being fucked up, and like everyone else in that room is like, "Oh Jesus," you know. Yeah. So you feel you feel represented in the room. <laughs> yeah, and it's like one of those things where, where um, 
I, I've never seen any pushback. I'm sure if I looked hard enough, I could, but I've never seen any pushback against that scene in my time on the internet, which is saying something. Um, so I, I feel like that's like a really impressive, like kind of point for this movie almost is that I, I, I know people that don't like this movie. Like I, I have friends that think it's like annoying, but I've never had anyone like even the people that I know in my life that don't like it, they like kind of admit that it's like a personal thing with them. I don't really know anyone that thinks this movie is like outright like bad. Like I don't, I've never seen this movie actually like torn apart which when you've like kind of achieved the cultural status of this movie that is a kind of impressive thing to accomplish where there's not a lot of like pushback against its place in history like it is just kind of firmly there and no one is really there to argue with them about it like it just is a good movie and it just is like in history and I think that is kind of like the best kind of classic movie where it's just it just exists purely because it's that good and no one can argue against that. Yeah. Even I like one thing that oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. sorry. No, it's okay. No, go ahead. Um <laughs> I, I just I think that like the only thing that almost ends up sort of limiting it in a way is that like it does sort of only exist in the context of Christmas. Like I like I you know, I don't I can't imagine watching it in like June. Yeah. Like that would be but I, you know what I mean. But I also think maybe that helps its case though, because it's not a movie that people are like talking about in June. So there's no time for discourse. There's no time for any kind of like hot takes. Like, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Talk to you about Elf in December? Like, fuck you, dude. Well, like, that what, doesn't, if you're gonna do that. <laughs> that doesn't stop people every single year with fucking love, actually, and now they're pivoting to the holiday. Okay, really? wait. I will say though. Love Actually is a terrible movie. Shut and, the fuck up. And it's, what the hell? It, it's an awful movie with maybe one good subplot in the entire thing. And it's super annoying and I hate it. You know, so okay. I guess I have, I have to be I, that guy. I get it, but I hate how every single year there's a million tweet threads that are like, here's why Love Actually sucks. It's because he stalks this girl. It's like, okay, have you seen any romantic comedies from like we've established that that that's like problematic like let's move on and then like now there's yeah. discourse about the holiday i'm like the holiday literally is like perfect like what's yeah. the discourse um that jack black is like annoying and like not a good romantic lead and like he like annoys <laughs> kate winslet into like dating him and then like jude law is like abandoning his daughters for new year's or something like i don't know there it was like <laughs> i it's a nancy myers movie like just watch it like i disagree with the discourse on the holiday i really like the holiday but i did see a really funny tweet about like a thread about it about like all the indications that jude law doesn't eat pussy in that movie and i thought that was really funny because i'm like who the fuck has the time to do this I, like, um i saw but... a tweet that was like cameron diaz is walking around a supermarket drinking wine and then she drives home it's like it's a nancy myers movie what do you want yeah, to these... happen like well i i just don't pay attention to that because those aren't real people those are people that don't know how to engage with the movie on the basis of it being a movie that doesn't matter to me 
Um, like they, 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 they don't matter. I'm that's, sorry. To say. That's genuinely one of the most insane critiques I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. I, I mean, I'll, I'll be the hot take with love actually, but the, the holiday is a good movie and I'll stand by that one. Mm-hmm. We did that on the pod, right? Love actually is good, man. I just don't, I just, and the thing is, I don't even like think it's, I mean, it is problematic. That's not even my issue with it. Like I, like, I don't really give a shit if something's, like, problematic. Like, who gives a shit? But, like, my issue with that movie is that I just find, like, everyone in it to be unbearable. Like, I just don't like any of the characters. No, I mean, um, you're you're probably right. It's just, <laughs> it's just a vibe. It's the yeah, kind no, of I mean, thing... hey, listen. I wish I liked it. Yeah. It's the kind like, of thing do you thing think I want to be that guy? I just put it on every year, and I enjoy myself. Mm-hmm you know yeah and like hey i'm not i'm not trying to stop anybody you know what i mean like i'm i'm glad everyone enjoys the movie i just um and trust me i've tried i've tried really hard i'm not above a christmas movie i have like i love christmas movies i really do um but there's just something about that one where i like i've like lied to myself in the past i've like tried to convince myself that i actually like it i'm like oh it's just a little raunchier like you just gotta get used to it i'm like no i just don't like the movie just one of those weird ones for me you're, you're just scared of mr bean i am scared of mr bean that's my that's something i talk about in therapy on on the weekly um uh, but... do you do you guys know about the outtake from love actually of the kid doing flips what mm, no okay after we record i'm gonna screen share it but there's like a uh, deleted scene where like they wanted the kid to be like a gymnast and like the scene when he's running through the airport he's doing like parkour and it's very clearly not a child's body flipping through the air it's very funny <laughs> um is this a kid in that movie the kid from the maze runner um the the little boy in it ended up being in the queen's gambit is that the kid you're thinking of probably it sounds i haven't right. seen maze runner it might be the same kid <laughs> he just has that like very distinct face like he has like a and that's not a knock he the, just the white like, set eyes boy yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly that that's yeah. nothing wrong with that he, he he was a cute kid and he, he's a good looking guy now but it's just uh, i just don't know like I, there's something about it like i'm like he has that that, that face he's got that face um got that swinton head <laughs> You just disappeared into your background. <laughs> I don't know why that got me. Um, <clears throat> shit. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this one. Yeah, let's go back on. Let's get back on top. Elf. No, it's good. I. <laughs> I don't know. I. I guess. I mean, we kind of covered all the bases with Elf. Honestly, I. The only other thing to like. My only like other note about this movie upon like rewatching it today was um I forgot kind of about how anti cop the movie is at the end, which I think is kinda of, like funny. Yeah. Um very it's funny like, anti horse how... cops too. Yeah, they're like the Central Park Rangers and it's like the scariest <laughs> shots of horses you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're like they're like like Nazi police. Yeah. Looking. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I um after I saw this movie as a kid, I went to like a um a like a, a fair or like a uh a parade or something 
where there was like police on horses and I was like appalled. I was like, no. I'm like, Elf taught me that was those horses are bad. Like I like actually like a kind of a phobia. Not that I had like a lot of run-ins with like police horses in my life and as a Floridian, but maybe the two or three times after seeing this movie that I did. I the definitely weirdest, thought about it. The weirdest thing is like I don't know if in this day and age it's still a thing, but when tourists go to New York, they like want to take pictures with like the NYPD and specifically their horses. And it's very strange mm. to me. I remember as a kid that was like a thing that I would always see people doing. Um but I don't I mean, I guess, like, if people are, like, tourists and they're, like, brainless, they would want to take a picture with the cops. But, like, I don't know. I don't know if that's, like, still a thing um, in the culture anymore. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I can't say Specifically their horses, though. That was a big thing. Yeah. Okay, have includes the horses. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Any... Is there anything else to talk about with this movie? Like, I don't know. Like, I oh, well, getting toward the end of it, I like the way I I like the way that it's sort of, you know, because like a, a movie can be, you know, just sort of like a a general good vibes movie, but like there isn't a decent amount of plot that comes into play toward the end of it, um, and it doesn't it doesn't distract you from the vibe, I guess. Like, it doesn't overpower. <laughs> the yeah. you know the the movie itself like it, it has a it has a pretty good balance i guess yeah yeah it's it, that that's another thing where it kind of like really well like bounces that like line because it's trying to like become like winky at the camera about like um believing in santa and like it has like those jokes about like especially at the beginning where it has that joke about um uh like it's like if people don't believe in santa what do they believe that the parents just like leave presents out under the tree and it kind of you know calls back to that at the end where it's like all these people are you know they don't believe anymore and there's uh you know he's like running out of fuel and stuff and that's like a it, i don't know like it's kind of a classic like christmas movie trope but it, it pulls it off like pretty well i think um in a pretty endearing way i think um and it also like i like how like small scale it feels too like it doesn't go like way too big with it like yeah, it, yeah. It, it's just kind of like a small gathering in central park and um so they yeah, don't really have to like and it and it's still it. It, it gets big enough because you know we have the whole the news reporter who like in her own right is a bit of a character in the movie um and mm-hmm. then like the the cutaways to like the those couple of kids um, yeah who are like thanks buddy <laughs> you... yeah <laughs> um, um i think yeah. i think that's like the perfect amount of scale yeah that's it's, it's exactly what this movie like it didn't need to go any bigger than it had to like it has like the perfect amount of it too and i like like the indication at the end like that it's going to be like a kind of like almost like a fable mm-hmm. in like new york lore at the end yeah she's yeah. like like the one newscaster is like we'll never know what happened in, in central park like yeah. i just i've always like liked that idea that like no like only like these small group of people will like believe it forever like it's just like a fun little um idea i like the recurring bit uh with like the the book that the kid has uh like where he's like reading off like all the names and mm-hmm. he, when he reads off like the newscaster's name yeah um and th- was that a matt walsh cameo i've never noticed that until tonight yeah 
Yeah, okay. I thought so. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be a cameo back then because I don't think he was really... I think it's just him as an actor in a movie. Yeah, it's like but... Matt Walsh making $700. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Kind of a weird bit just to have him be like complimenting her eyes. Uh, but... uh. Yeah, no, I there's like a lot of small bits in this movie that I like. Um, something we didn't really talk about at the beginning. I love the like use of like um, uh, I guess like stop motion, mm-hmm. the North Pole. It's so cool. Like I yeah, love yeah, it. Man. It's it's a great little world that they build out there. Um, you know, and like the the little the sort of pretty obvious but but still really effective camera tricks to make Buddy way bigger than yeah. everyone else. Yeah, it all, it all is super effective, and it make it keeps his like. The movie's budget is pretty low. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, it's thirty three million dollars. I was gonna, I was gonna bring up the production design because this is actually done by one of my favorite production designers. And if you look at his filmography, you will be like, "Why the fuck is he one of your favorite production designers?" He did the second and third Austin Powers movies, and (laughs) (laughs) we interviewed him for Movie Club, and he actually sat and watched Spy Who Shagged Me with us. And I feel like interviewing all these random people that we, like, reached out to for Movie Club, like, you think of, like, people, like, in, like, a crew that are, like, quote-unquote, like, work for hire or whatever, but it's, like, they bring, like, the most insane work to, like, the most random movies and, like, the way that he talked about his work was just, like, yeah, it's a job and I have a great time. Like, it's not like, I need to make this art. Like, literally, like, he just had so much fun. And you know what? It's, like, some of the best production design in Elf. <laughs> like, the North it's, Pole stuff. It's so it's good. It's, like, beautiful. It's yeah. really, like, I mean, that, that shot where he's, like, um, like sitting on the iceberg as, as it's, like, just, like, going, like, slowly towards New York. It's just, like, it's really beautiful stuff. Like, the, um like the skyline and like it just like the the reflection like i mean it looks absolutely gorgeous like that like every sequence i'm like even the, like the like the, the toy workshop the uh like the it's i mean it's very specific but like there's just like such like intricacy like in the actual workshop and like the elf like um like the elf spaces and like the uh, like the carvings on the wall and like all the like i don't know it's just it feels so like lived in and like um yeah. precise and it's it's really impressive stuff it, it really yeah it it rocks so hard and it's also i think a lot of it is in the way that it's it's directed very like casually almost like yeah no we're starting this in the middle of like uh, a christmas movie from like the 50s like yeah. but we're not you know we're not trying to give you like the sense of wonder of like whoa look at this world it's just like yeah this is where we're at we're gonna end up somewhere else. Don't worry about it too much. Yeah, yeah, and that I think that just kind of like really helps establish the movie before it even gets to New York. It's like a very like cozy kind of vibe. Like I think the really great thing this movie does is establishes a really like warm tone from the get, and while it like challenges like that mindset and philosophy when it gets you know a little bit like challenging on Buddy, it never like breaks the general vibe and like the good like nature of the film at any point um it just has him run into real life like scenarios that are not as kind as he is but he doesn't break and i love that about this movie yeah and well and i'm i'm glad that uh kira i'm glad that you said that the the new york feels pretty authentic to you because it definitely did to me like it you know what i mean it doesn't they're not giving you like taxi driver new york and they're also not giving you like 
you know, gorgeous uh, Christmas movie in New York. They're just, they're giving you like a pretty <laughs> decently accurate New York. Mm. Um, and that enough, that's enough contrast when, when you're, you know, when you're comparing it to this guy interacting with it. Yeah. I, I really like like fish out of water movies generally. And I think the way to make like a perfect one is they're very kind to him like the movie in general is very kind to him it never is like overtly like mean or like tortures him in any way (laughs) um and the people around him are generally accepting and are never like overtly harsh um but like everyone just kind of like is confused by him but i think it's just like the perfect balance between the two worlds and between his character being so over the top and everyone else is just so like low-key like I think it's just like a perfect balance between all of it I also I I love this kid I love the son who's like Mm -hmm. showing him around like that's a that's a good kid I don't I have no idea who he is or if he did anything else uh let me look into real yeah because he's um he is really good in this movie I don't know if he's been in anything um yeah, I mean, he apparently just stopped acting. <laughs> he was Respect. in a, he was in this movie. He was in American Splendor with Paul Giamatti, the HBO movie. Um, I've never seen that, so I don't know how big of a role he has in it. Uh, it seems like he was in like one or two like DVD movies, and that's it. Oh my god! Holy shit, guys! Wait, he voiced Dougal. No, he didn't. I swear joking. to God. You're joking. On Wikipedia, if you go to his Wikipedia page, Tay was the voice of the titular character Dougal in Dougal. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? He was. <laughs> so cool. He he also did voice work for uh, a video game Bully. Bully. I was like scared of that video game. Me um, honestly, me too. <laughs> so was I, but I um, it was like a Chucky situation where I just forced myself to get over it and played it anyway. I was like scared of like the backlash to it. Like, I never played it yeah. or anything. I was just scared of people talking about it. It's honestly a very intense game and not in the way that you would think because you would have to, like, get lunch money for the bullies or you would have to, like, earn money. So it's, like, uh, like a fiscally, like, intense <laughs> game. Like, as a kid, you're like, fuck, I gotta get twelve fifty by the end of the day. Like, it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's pretty uh, pretty gnarly. There are, like, rumors that they're going to do, like, another one, but which I cannot imagine in this day and age. Like, I cannot imagine them ever doing that again. An online Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Cyberbully? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you guys covered the Emily Osment movie? No, I was just going to say, like, what is Emily Osment going to be a... Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get the Emily Osment skin in the Cyberbully <laughs> Rockstar game. <laughs> um... Yeah, I've seen that. I haven't... We've never covered it, but I have seen that movie for some reason. I think I, um... Uh, I think a friend of the pod, Evan, Kira, he got me to watch that movie like way back in the day. Really? Um, yeah, for some reason, back oh, when wow. we were both like teenagers, and um, it's a tough watch. It's mm-hmm. uh, it, it's pretty awful. Um, I, it, it it's extremely funny though. It's it's I hate to say it, it's it's a very funny movie. Um, like I hate to say like a, the movie that deals with like you know the heavy topics of like suicide and like depression yeah, and all that you shit. Know, it's 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 about the way that they uh portray the internet so it's horrifically i i i keep getting like likes on my letterbox review for for it that i did like nine years ago um and like it says something like uh 
the quote of the movie is like, um, I like clicksters more than Facebook. It's more raw. And people just keep finding it because I guess they keep hate watching it. And I just keep remembering the movie uh, based off my letterbox notifications. Um, yeah, it's more raw. Uh, yeah, maybe one day. What, what year is that movie? Like 2010? 2009, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of like late Hannah Montana. So maybe even a little after that. Yeah. I mean, what when did Hannah Montana end? Like 2010, I think? Mm. Perhaps, because that's when the movie came out, right? Well, it went on a little bit after the movie, because I remember there being controversy of, like, she showed everyone, she unwigged, and then, like, the show continued. Yeah, I don't know if it was one of those situations where they, like, shot all the episodes and they had to, like, roll it out in syndication, like, um, after the movie. So if, like, canonically the show, the movie is the end, but there was just still more episodes to release, but... I do remember that the movie or that the show never acknowledged the movie, which was like weird. And it's something we talked about on the Lizzie McGuire episode that the show never um frustrating. Yeah, never acknowledged the movie. That's a I see a I see a trend with Disney Channel movies. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I uh I'm trying to remember if there's like another instance of that, but I don't think so. Because I don't think any other like Disney Channel movies or Disney Channel shows like broke out with a movie. Yeah, I was going to say, in terms of Nickelodeon, kind of the Spongebob movie, but also that movie just sort of ends, like, where it started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's sort of on... Per- that's just, like, a long episode of Spongebob. Yeah, well, I mean, doesn't he, um, at the end of the movie, get promoted to manager? And then in the show, well, he, he never, like, is manager. Yeah, well, there you have it. But it, it is funny <laughs> that Disney used to do that when now they're trying so hard to make the shows interact with the fucking movies. Yeah, so no, hard. 100%. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I don't really know what's on Disney Channel nowadays, or if they have any like spinoff movies or anything. But I remember like when they did like the Sweet Life on Deck movie, like which I think that actually might have been the finale. I I can't remember exactly, or that's so Sweet Life the movie or something. Uh, but like again, it was like one of those situations where I had like no bearing. Like they went like on an international mission. Um, oh, the Wizards of Waverly Place movie too. I remember that. That had like I think that actually did have bearing on the plot because um she was like the chosen wizard that was like the whole crux of the show of like why the dad was training them oh, and scary. yeah so from what I remember that actually was one of the rare times where they did it uh, please send us hate mail if I'm wrong about that though I would I would love to be proven wrong yeah <laughs> um. Uh-huh. So I love, I love when we just go off about Disney Channel lore. Yeah. Uh, Any other notes? Uh, um, I don't know. I I got a, a couple I, other quick ones. Are just uh, casting wise. Uh, love Ed Asner as Santa. Mm-hmm. He rocks. Love Mary Steenburgen and like literally anything. She's great. And then um, mm-hmm. really key. It, cause, you know, we were talking about how, like, the movie is, like, generally kind to Will Ferrell. Amy Sedaris fucking loves Will Ferrell in this movie. She loves Buddy. The way they vibe is so funny. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just best friends. Yeah. Yeah, I love that uh, that little small relationship, too. It's it's really nice. I It's, I don't know. I, I think it's one of those movies that it, it would be so easy to, like hate this movie if it was like done with any less sincerity but it just 
it's so delightful. Like I just can't escape it. It's it's actually like one of my favorite movies. I think maybe like ever, honestly. Like I it's definitely like aside from Christmas Vacation, which I would contend is the all time Christmas movie to beat, um, this is probably my second favorite. It's one that I have to watch every year. Like there's no exceptions to that rule. Like I if I don't watch it from like November first to December thirty first, like I'm doing something wrong with my mm. life. I think Favreau is um, really like, he's capable of so much, and yet he just doesn't do it. And it's yeah, I mean, he's obviously he's making so much fucking money doing what he's doing. So yeah, congrats to him. But, but like, you know, yeah. he has it has a soul. Well, I thought that was like funny because like I mean, uh, cover your ears, Kira. I'm gonna say a trigger word, but Chef. I think it's uh. I that an interesting thing about that movie is that it, it's he did it after his experience with uh Iron Man 2 and he like that movie is like a statement about like the filmmaking process and how he doesn't like to be like micromanaged and like how you know trapping an artist and confining him to like one recipe is like damaging for the soul and I think that's like it's so interesting that he made that movie he made that point and he seemed really passionate about it. And then he just went on to do the Jungle Book and the Lion King and then uh, the Mandalorian and all that other shit. And I'm like, wait, where's the chef guy? Like, you just, you made a really passionate movie about the artistic process just to go back to Disney Machine. Um, which, you know, like you said, good for him. He's making money, but it just it is kind of like, I don't know. It, I, I wish he would like bounce back and like do something like this again because it does prove that he has like a genuine talent for like comedic material and yeah, yeah. he did a good yeah. job like you know it, like watching it like every, watching it again i was like i i couldn't really poke too many holes and i love to poke holes um i do think now it's it's legal it's not legal in most states for zoe de chanel to have blonde hair <laughs> yeah that, that I, was that was it's jarring I think that's reserved for her sister only, Miss Miss Bones herself. Yeah, Bones. Uh, um, yeah, no, I think uh, yeah, she's great in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, all around, I I really love this movie. Uh, quick question for you guys. Have either of you seen that follow-up, like, uh, stop-motion sequel that was on NBC? It's called Elf's, uh, sorry, Elf Buddy's Musical Christmas? Uh... Maybe. I did not know this was a thing. No. Um, it's a sequel where Jim Parsons voiced Buddy. <laughs> uh, Mark Hamill was Walter. Uh, what? Kate Micucci was uh, Jovi. Uh, Ed Asner did return as Santa Claus. Um, He's the only one that got back. Uh, uh, Fred Armisen was in it, I think, as a new character. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it was like a um, because I it was it seems like they were trying to make like a seasonal, like syndication animated like thing. Like, what better IP to use than Elf? I guess. Well, they but... it, it was like a an IRL musical before this. Like, like mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. twenty ten. It was like a real musical. Yeah, which Kira, uh, I know you're like a uh, Broadway person. Did you ever see that? I did not. This was one. So there's like a smaller theater attached to Madison Square Garden. Well, the, they'll do like seasonal Broadway shows. They'll do like the Christmas mm. Carol or like a Christmas um, 
like Cirque du Soleil, like they'll just have like a residency there for the whole season. And I feel like Elf was there like a few years, but I've never seen it because I feel like, yeah. uh, Casting wise, notable casting uh, for the original one, Santa Claus, George went. And then two years later, when it was on Broadway, oh my God, Wayne Knight, aka Newman from Seinfeld, oh was God. Santa. That's fucking crazy. That's Damn. Insane. Very cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm looking at the oh, Mr. Uh, House of Cards over here is the first. Uh, yeah, first Spacey. buddy. Yeah, I'm Kevin Spacey wants to buy you. Well, uh, Frank Underwood. Actually. Let him be Frank. Uh, that's a Christmas film. Listen, if there is a Christmas uh, tragedy, is the fact that we haven't got one of those in two years. I like to whisper too. <laughs> <laughs> what is he? I think in like the first or second one, like with a thick Southern drawl, he goes, "Don't throw stones from glass houses." It's so. Oh, Isn't funny. he like making a sandwich in one of them? Oh yeah, yeah. He's just like he's always. Yeah, it's so funny. He's always doing like space work. Yeah, he's like. Yeah. I think it's the first one where he's like in the kitchen. And he's like just chopping shit. He's got the apron on and everything, and he's like, he's like, but you wouldn't believe a lie, would you? <laughs> <And it's just> <laughs> like... <laughs> God, Jesus Christ! It's so funny because the last one that he ever did was like basically a GoFundMe request. He was like, "It's like I hate yeah. to do this." He's like, "Usually I like to shine the light, but I have a friend going through tough times this year, and I I'm, need so some I'm not money." Gonna, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to do this impression, but I want to work out the idea of Frank Underwood being like a TikTok NPC. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That'd be really funny. I imagine him on a live, and he's like. Thanks for the rose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, you thought I'd forgot about you. <laughs> Thanks Ice for the galaxy. So good. <laughs> ah, Red too again. spicy. Too spicy. Activating glizzy mode. <laughs> did you guys I am see, the glizzy uh, gobbler. Did you guys see the um the Spider-Man one where he oh, was like God. in character and like the security guard was like, you can't be here. And he's nah, just, I'm gonna nah, do my own thing. I'm gonna do my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "That's great." He's like, "You do your own thing over there." Nah, so, I'm gonna do my own thing. My own thing. <laughs> I love when he breaks character for like two seconds. He's like, "You're really starting to piss me off." <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I think that I like literally for the past month, I watched the video like once a day. I just it's like think so about funny. it. Like, it's so funny. It's so funny. Have you seen it, Drew? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's so like I don't know. I I think about it like it, genuinely once a day. I just have to like go to my save tweets. I'm like, yeah, let me just watch you one more time. It just it just like scratches like a itch in my brain. Um, uh, I don't know. I guess that's it for this. One. I mean, I don't know. Any any final notes on this movie? I, it's kind of great. I don't know. It's, it's pretty perfect in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like most things about it i you know i enjoy it's boring to say but just like things i I enjoy the mailroom sequence um where he gets fucking shit faced with that guy yeah. who's like old as hell and says he's like 28 or whatever mm-hmm. oh my god yeah he says i was 26 he's like you're so yeah. young you're still so young and he's like 50 <laughs> years old it was like shit i i had a false memory of this movie um 
before I like watched a few years ago. And I always thought it was like a Dave Grohl cameo because he looks like Dave Grohl. <laughs> and then when I watched it like a few years ago, I'm like, wait, that's not Dave Grohl. Like, why did I think that was Dave Grohl? <laughs> um, yeah, when I was, I was, uh, when I got to like a hotel room like a few weeks ago, because we went to like a Disney with me and my girlfriend for her birthday. And uh, when we first got in the room, I just like put like the TV on and the elf was on and I just like, put it on as you do and it happened it came on in that scene and the very first thing i hear when i sit down on the bed was i'm 26 and i can't and i'm like jesus christ i'm like because i'm 20 i just turned 26 i'm like and it's like those tweets where um you want to feel old that's like those tweets where it's like uh uh god it's like uh, a guy like a picture from the 1980s or something like an 80s movie it's like back in the day this is what a 27 year old looked like and it's like yeah like that guy from greece yeah exactly exactly yeah <laughs> yeah no this movie's full of uh nothing but good bits every bit is a good one and it, yeah i don't know i think everything lands it's it's a classic for a reason um i'm glad that you brought it to our attention uh, yeah i think i think the biggest point that you made that i that i really i don't know it, it really defines the whole movie for me is it's just super economical like it just it doesn't waste your time um yeah. And I think that's another reason that you don't get sick of watching this guy. Yeah. That you could yeah. get sick of. Yeah. I mean, without credits, I think it's like under 90 minutes, too. It's like just like. Mm-hmm. Which I, I is like just... him. I like him chilling with the family. I like him decorating their house. I like him uh, eating a bunch of fucked up food and I'm just watching him. Like it's all, it's all just pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Um, a really underrated bit is him using like the wooden furniture to like carve like uh like just like a rocking horse and shit like out of like it's just so funny like that that's like when the movie is like really firing is like when it does like those quick cuts almost like edgar wright-esque where he's like she's like oh that's beautiful it's also where'd you get the wood it's it's funny because it also it's one of the only times where you get into sort of like a logical like fallacy where you're like so that those are the toys that they make up there those toys like don't get to the kids down here like those aren't the toys that kids want yeah no it's uh i mean i don't know because how is he supposed to be in this movie like 30 something i think uh so i mean yeah i guess it's it's fair to say maybe he learned how to make it when he was like a teenager or something but yeah i'm not not gonna send him um, a sense elf (laughs) no i know well speaking of his age this also does catch will ferrell at a really interesting time because it's post old school but he's not the main character in that movie um I don't, and he hasn't done Anchorman yet. I don't think. Yeah, it's the year before. Actually, it's like not even a full year. It's like I think it's he probably shot Anchorman right after this, if I had to guess. Yeah, so he had, like, film wise, it was mostly old school, and then like obviously the five years or so before that, he really was a huge deal on SNL. Like he really was, you know, he he carried a few years of that show when it was kind of in dire straits. Yeah, Um, I was about to ask, when did he leave SNL? Like exactly? I want to say oh maybe oh two right around that area and it's like it it was no guarantee that he was gonna be like a movie star because it was hard to you know he wasn't most of the time he wasn't playing a starring role in sketches yeah. necessarily uh which is crazy to imagine kind of a thing where it's like well how is hollywood gonna use this guy he kind of seems like a side character well it's because i think he had like an interesting career before that where it was like um prior to this like um like night at the roxbury 
like for example mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. superstar like he was like in a lot of um yeah which was like, know. You know, an snl movie yeah failed yeah exactly like not necessarily bad movies but just like commercial failures he almost had like a will forte trajectory at the beginning at least um and i think uh especially because when you're kind of chasing sandler a bit although sandler obviously like left us all in different terms than he did but um it i would compare you know him in his post SNL career, he had a very similar trajectory to I think like a Steve Carell post Office, where maybe it took a little bit of time at the beginning because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Carell's first movie post Office was Date Night with Tina Fey, which is just like super unremarkable, not even terrible, just not like great either. You gotta cover that. Um, yeah, I don't really remember it that well. I just remember it being like fine. He, he was doing a lot of weird stuff, kind of like Jennifer during, Schmucks, because he was he also did like Get Smart during Office. I remember that, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and it was it, I don't know with with Farrell, it was just sort of like, like it. He either has to be like a mega star or he has to be a side guy. Like he can't just be a regular movie star. And so yeah, they, I don't know. This sort of proved it was like a proof of concept that he could do something really unexpected. I think that uh. The 2003-2006 era for Will Ferrell is, like, really what cemented him because he proved with, you know, Elf and Anchorman that he could do, like, really great um, comedic work, obviously, and, like, really be, like, a movie star. Because you can do great comedic work but not be a movie star, but he did both. And then, weirdly, with Stranger Than Fiction, which is kind of an underrated movie, he kind of proved that he could be both dramatic and comedic at the same time. But then I think what really cemented him was uh Ricky Bobby. I think that is like it doesn't six. Like that is like what solidified him because that proved like in a three year span he went from Buddy the Elf to Ricky Bobby and that is just like yeah. immediately just a fucking roundhouse of a like trajectory. Like that's just like a beautiful like pivot and and for Ron Burgundy too even like that's just uh it's it's brilliant, honestly. I fucking love Will Ferrell. And then yeah. even and then even go, after that, Step Brothers. Yeah, on. then you go right into Step Brothers. And like, you know, earlier you said uh Kira, you said, you know, Facebook has a movie. Like Will Ferrell is like a Facebook ass guy. Like yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> he just became like a thing where you could put like, you know, impact font text above and below his face mm-hmm. to, yeah. to say like, oh, this is a funny thing I'm saying. <laughs> no, hundred percent. Like they, yeah. they were just like um remember the Twitter account uh uh Phil Werrell or whatever it's called, yes. like where it's just completely writing off like the notoriety of like uh, Will Ferrell as a human being, which is just so funny to me. Or like um, when uh, millennials on Twitter use gifs of "Did we just become best friends?" Yup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, how he, am I supposed to respond? I, to that? I will. I'll before I let like, just go full deep dive on his career. I will say I think his most underrated performance. Um, and I think genuinely maybe one of his best is uh, in The Other Guys, which I still contend is Adam McKay's best movie. And he, um, that his performance in that is like the fucking weirdest swing yeah. for an actor. Well, and it's so good. And it also, it reminds me of a lot of the stuff he did on SNL where he's not necessarily being like the biggest, loudest guy in the room, but he is yeah. being strange. It's very understated, but like extremely funny. Like there are like lines in that movie that are just like, especially like from him specifically, that are just like engraved in my head. Like I'll never 
forget some of those line readings because uh, they're already like funny lines but it's like his delivery that is what like puts it over the edge it's he he's one of the kind he he's truly and it's not like exactly a hot take he's a you know he's in the book for a reason like he, he's he's a legend he's earned his mark but i feel like he's one of those actors where he's got into such a prestige and like almost like legendary status that we almost undervalue him i think like today in, in particular in elf i think it's a really really like irreplaceable casting like i yeah. really i couldn't really name a single other person who i, would, yeah. I could trust to to do this yeah and i think there's like very few especially like in christmas movies like where i would say i don't know if anyone else could have played that role like there's plenty of like christmas movies i love where i'm like oh yeah other people could have played that role like I think the only two I can think of where you could not replace it, or maybe three, I'd say Chevy Chase and Christification. Yeah, Clark Macaulay, Griswold is yeah. Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone, obviously. I think, uh, and then uh, Will Ferrell's Buddy the Elf. I think those are like the three. Like those are like the that's like almost like the Mount Rushmore of like Christmas movie characters and performances that are synonymous with um, their actors and characters. Yeah, so, honestly, good, yeah. good, good for you. You want to be in that group. You simply want to be. I, yeah, then. <laughs> um, yeah, but great movie. Uh, honestly, and like I said, thank you, Drew, for bringing it to our, you know, attention that we have not covered it yet. Um, because you know, without you, we would have gone another Christmas without doing it. So that'd be crazy. Uh, well, I mean, don't worry though. There, there are plenty of bad movies that I also would love to. <laughs> should chat about you you do have to because you airdropped it to me the that night your uh <laughs> list but i you got a text to me so i can have like like in stone almost um you know well, we got another a... one that was on that list was uh will ferrell's kicking and screaming yes oh my God. <laughs> yeah which, very kind of stinks i um i saw that movie once in theaters i've never rewatched it but not great I'm... I remember I liked it as a kid, but I like I, I guess I've never rewatched it as an adult. So I'd be curious to re- revisit it if you uh, if you're inclined. Yeah, we can definitely maybe make that happen. <laughs> um, anything uh, anything you want to plug? Well, uh, we bought a mic. If you're so inclined to, uh, you know, sort of torture yourself with. Uh, you know, over long podcasts. Uh, right now, we're going through Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise's careers simultaneously. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We're we're still we're in the early '90s, so we're about to get into like the really really, really great shit. Uh, Hanks wise, um, want to plug my uh, you know what? I want to I'm gonna plug my girlfriend. Hey Annabelle, shout really really loud. Okay, never mind. Because it's tomorrow is our anniversary, uh, and we're celebrating it tonight, and this is what I'm doing right now. No. <laughs> oh. And she got me cookies from Crumble Cookies. Oh and, my god! Uh, <laughs> one of them has a big gold W on it for Wonka, and I'm and I'm I'm taking that as her acknowledging my love for Timmy. I oh. I both apologize to Annabelle, and I also hope that she really likes this movie because i hope that made it worth it um yeah i can uh i always you know double plug it every time one of the bam boys comes on but uh, we bought a mic is the reason why i'm in the podcast space i don't think i would have 
a podcast if I didn't guess on that one first. So, wow. and I, I keep up with it, you know, I, I, I keep up with every episode or at least I try to. And, you know, you guys, you guys have a great like chemistry together, obviously. And it's, it's a great listen, great watch on the YouTube page as well. I, I try to watch the video if I can. Um, so yeah, definitely check out We Bought a Mic. It's, it's awesome every week and I'll be on the uh, Tom V Tom uh, at some point next year. Uh, yeah, I, I won't spoil what movie. I guess you just have to pay attention to the whole series, but it is the one that I have a lot to say about. So you gotta listen. Oh, I also have to wait. What I also have to plug a um the app Run P, <laughs> um the app that tells you when to pee. Um, yeah, watching a movie because we are officially sponsored by Run P. Yeah, it's not like the red dot leave your forehead when you like uh, actually plugged it. Yeah, I, I got to say, I've never seen anyone hustle like Drew to get a sponsor. And <laughs> it's really impressive the way you uh, it's like the movie Air, but instead of uh, closing the Jordan deal, you close the Run P deal. I, yeah, I got the Run P guy to subscribe <laughs> to our Patreon. And that was enough for all these plugs I give him. You know, The Guardian wrote an article about him this year. Yeah, and you were cited in it. <laughs> I fucking wish. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah Shots to Run P. Yeah, download the Run P app and use promo code Wabam or uh, Zillennial. Uh, and I don't think you could pay for anything on that app if you tried. They'll give you uh, some extra. I don't know. They'll stall the movie a little bit for you, so you can go Run. They'll P. press pause um, if you give them a hundred dollars a month. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just pause the fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. Uh, Letterbox, uh, same plug. Uh, aggressively okay podcast. We're doing, I believe, our end of the year episode next week, so that'll be fun. Uh, gonna do a TV one as well. Kind of a mid TV year actually, but we're gonna try to do a podcast anyways about that because. I'm nothing if not a man who loves his top 10 rankings. So, uh, yeah, otherwise, that's about it. I'm excited for uh, next week's episode. Uh, God willing, then nothing goes wrong. Because I feel like every time we try to cover that movie, it doesn't work out. So, <laughs> you, can, you can follow me on Twitter at Garlic Emoji. You can follow us on Twitter at Selenial Canon. Why do I even plug our Instagram anymore? Because I haven't updated it since we watched Avatar last September. But you can follow us on Instagram at the Zillennial Canon. <laughs> I finally came yeah. clean with that. I haven't updated it since Avatar. Um, yeah, I'm locked out of it too. I was trying to find Drew's DM in there, and I uh, I like oh you DM'd us. Out of it. I'm sorry. That's where. That's where, like, two years ago, that's where I sent my list of movies. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, me and Drew were, like, tipsy outside of uh, Ernie's wedding, and he was, like, scrolling through his camera roll trying to find it again. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> I'll try and find the password for you, Adam. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, like, call us and leave us some voicemails, because I just got an email that our voicemail is, our, our phone number is going to expire if we don't use it in 30 days, so... Um, I'll I'll call and leave a anonymous voice. Yeah, do that. Why. I've I've been doing that. I've been like texting myself from it like every month. Um, but yeah, I mean, voicemails are always super fun. Um, yeah, you'll be featured yeah. at the beginning of the episode if you do it. So that's always yeah. fun on our big platform. Yeah, on our big ass platform. 
uh no i mean i remember like when we did juno that was fun because like i i think that was juno when we had like five different voicemails mm-hmm. uh we didn't get through like you gotta skip the first 20 minutes of the episode to even hear us fucking talk mm-hmm. so that was fun um i think like scott yeah. pilgrim was a similar situation yeah perks being a wallflower i remember mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah definitely do that i kind of forgot about the voicemail but yeah if you if you feel inclined to leave this voicemail I'll definitely do it we, we'd love to hear it mm-hmm. um yeah yeah well <laughs> thank you right. Drew, for uh covering elf with us thank you for having me i always always an absolute blast i'm smelling these crumble cookies right now because i opened it up to look at the wonka one and i'm just yeah, I think you inspired me to drop by tomorrow to Crumble Cookies. So I appreciate okay. that. This this pod is sponsored by Crumble Cookies. Um, they they do not need the exposure. They're doing great. They're doing great. We don't have Wait. that here. Really? Yeah, we don't have Crumble here. Yeah, because the line's too fucking long in Winter Park, Florida, to expand anywhere else. Well, you have you have like fucking milk bar <laughs> in the city. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah. No, Kira just has the impractical jokers. That's all she has. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh wait, right. we do have. Oh, we God. have like we have two of them, but they're far from me. They're like an hour away. All right, bye guys. Keep leaving in Santa. Bye guys.